Hello and a big juicy welcome to Happy Hotties the podcast, where we ask and answer the burning questions you've been dying to ask your mom. If this is your first time tuning in, hello, my name is Jasmine and joining me today, as always, is the best co-host a gal could ask for. She also brought me into this world. It is my mother, Ilana Katz. Hello and welcome to Happy Hotties, the podcast. Episode 10, we're here. Can you believe it? I feel like we literally just started doing this and you didn't even know what a podcast was. And now I know what a podcast is. And now I'm not speaking so slowly. I can ramble with the best of them. It's all about growth here. So it's the last episode for season one, which is really good that we only just figured out how to use our two microphones. So instead of sitting right next to each other today, we're across from each other. Actually, we were sitting on top of each other before, and now we're at a good distance apart. Considering it's the last episode for a while, we thought it would be really useful today to discuss something that has been an underlying theme throughout the season. We played with this concept a lot last episode in Would You Rather, but today we're going to look into it a bit more. So if you haven't guessed it already, today we're focusing on choice and decision making. Now, mum, before we get into it, as always, hotty horrors, happy highlights, ha-has, whatever you have, what do you have for us this week? I've got a happy highlight, ha-ha-ha. <laughs> I started watching Game of Thrones. Yes, how do you like it? Well, it's 10 years later than everyone else, but I'm really enjoying it. You can't get attached to any characters. Nope. Because? That was my word of advice before they started. I was like, mum, dad. Do not get attached to anyone. But... Because they will be detached from their bodies. (laughs) They get decapitated. But anyway, I have a favourite character. His name is Tyrion. And he's gorgeous. And he's clever. And devious. And conniving. And he's a real survivor. He's amazing. I think he's my favourite character as well. So I'm really enjoying it. So that's your highlight that you started Game of Thrones. Yeah. Really scraping the bottom of the barrel there, but that's fine. But it's a really good show. Ten years later. It is a really good show. I'm waiting for you to spoil yourself on it, though. No, no, I won't. I won't. I've heard that before. <laughs> what about you? Happy ha-ha, happy boo-hoo, happy highlight, happy horror. I think you mixed all of those up, but I have a... Kitty horror. I have I have a hottie horror. So I was house sitting over the last weekend and I have house sat for this house and family for a long time. I look after their cats when they go away and they are the most beautiful cats. I love them as if they were my own. And as your we own all, children, my own little children with four legs. And as we all know, cats are incredibly independent creatures. Once they're out of the house, who knows what they get up to? But these ones are very independent. One is slightly bigger than the other, so she unfortunately can't climb the fences anymore. But one is the most adventurous little hottie you've ever met. So this cat decides to leave, as she always does. And, you know, I call them back at night. And she didn't come back. And I was like, um, it's getting a little late now. Where is she? Maybe she's got a boyfriend. Maybe. Maybe she has a boyfriend. I don't know. I've long suspected it. She's a very pretty cat. Who knows? But I was like, where is she? And she didn't come back. Her owner and I were texting frantically. We were both so worried. And then the next day she still hadn't come back. 
And it was really, really worrisome because when you're looking after someone else's animal, there's a big responsibility there because people love their animals. And it's like looking after a baby or a child. Exactly. And it was just incredibly scary eventually we actually did find her the family came back a day early from their holiday but we did find her she is safe she was in some bushes so we're not sure if something might have scared her but it was it was quite a horror it was very very stressful so i can only imagine what it must feel like to have actual real life children but at least she's been found and she was traumatized something obviously freaked her out yeah and at times like this when i wish animals could speak because i just want to know What was it? What did you see? As we mentioned today, we are discussing life choices and decisions. We've spoken a lot about dating and toxic friendships, fears and phobias, the workplace, awkward situations, and even played a game of would you rather. The underlying theme in all of these is choice. And it's a big part of Happy Hotties. It's literally what we are based on. Q&A and helping people make decisions positive decisions it's all about being positive exactly at the end of the day we are all about mindset here and owning our choices no matter the outcome but choice can actually be a really difficult thing for a lot of people we asked you guys on instagram and 100 percent of you who voted also agreed that you had experienced indecisiveness 100 percent of you I know I've struggled with indecisiveness my whole life. I remember being in Byron and tossing up for half an hour whether or not I wanted to buy a pink sparkly $20 decorative cushion or not. And when I go shopping sometimes, I'll think, should I buy it or not? I end up buying it and then I return it the next day. Mom is a serial returner when it comes to clothes shopping, always changing her mind. It baffles me. We're at the store and she goes, oh, should I buy this skirt? And I was like, well, do what you want. It's going back tomorrow anyway. No, because then I come home and then I try it on and then I think I don't really need it. It's just a waste of space. That's actually something that uh, Maddie and I discuss in the episode that I featured in this week on Babbles with Besties. Check it out. We speak about the retail space and fast fashion, but not to segue too much. There's also decisions that we make that carry a bit more weight and pressure. And they are questions that a lot of us ask ourselves very often. For example, what do I want to do with my life? What job do I want to do? And the pressure to make these choices can be really, really immense. But you've got to remember the story changes every day. What you think you want one day, another day you won't want it. So I guess the choices depend on your mood where you're at in your life and there's too much pressure to make choices that we think are going to be for the rest of our lives because that's so not the case because nothing's forever things change now we've got a couple questions that i really want to get to a little bit later on but just firstly mum why is making decisions so hard making decisions shapes our current reality and any choice you make causes a chain of events to happen it's like the ripple effect right and so you're saying that the difficulty lies in the fact that we don't know what the consequences will be of these decisions yes and how the consequences affect your friends your family any decision we make isn't just about us it affects everybody Mm. so it's i think it's also the fear of making the wrong decision 
is why people are so hesitant to make decisions in the first place. Fear of failure, even fear of success. It's like a game of opportunity if you look at it in a positive way. Someone once gave me really good advice. They said, with any choice in life, we are both gaining something and giving something up, which I think was really good at the time for my mindset because I was tossing up between whether I wanted to go to uni the next year or if I wanted to take a gap year. And it was really helpful for me to make my choice. You know what? Sometimes you have to break your choice patterns. A lot of us, including me, make safe choices. So sometimes it's better to reach out and be adventurous. So safe choices can be a good investment. But I also think sometimes, like any investment, the more risk, the higher the reward. So basically you're saying you have to take a new direction. Not necessarily because yes, the higher the reward, but also the higher the chance of something going bad. But when it comes to making choices in life, it does well to ask yourself whether fear is preventing you from doing something. And if so, I think you should do it anyway. However, if it's something else, It's about learning to be attuned to what your mind and what your body are actually telling you. It's important to trust your gut, but not trust other people's gut because they don't know your personal situation. And sometimes you have to make selfish choices and people might suffer because of your choices. Then again, there's something you can really do about that. It's you are the actor of your own story. The main character. You are the main (laughs) character of your story. On that note, have you heard of abulomania? Is that how you pronounce it? Abulomania? Essentially, it's just extreme indecisiveness to the point where it gets obsessive. Like procrastinating. Uh, I guess it's an element of it, yeah. It's more when... I guess indecisiveness is something that plagues all of us, but this is when it becomes an obsession and you actually cannot make any choices. It's like me and Cole saw Woolworths standing in front of the chocolates thinking, which chocolate should I buy? And I'm very happy to stand there for 10 minutes looking at all the chocolates. And then if it's the wrong one, she cops it from the family. Because we all like different chocolates. I do not like nutty chocolates. Me neither. I like caramel chocolate. Mm, That's the good stuff. What do you like? I like, uh, yeah, I like caramel. I used to love white chocolate. And then my grandma used to tell me that white chocolate was insipid. Those were her exact words. And But I don't actually like white chocolate anymore. I think it kind of is insipid. Now I really like just milk chocolate. But I do know something about white chocolate. White chocolate has more sugar than dairy milk. Isn't there dairy milk white chocolate? You know what? Your grandmother, who is my mother, has scarred us more than I can even imagine. (laughs) What a horrible woman. (laughs) She's totally scarred us. Yeah, but we've learned some good things from her. But at least you didn't have to grow up in the same house as her. (laughs) True. Okay, so there's also the paradox of choice, mum. So that's when... We actually struggle to make a decision because we have so many choices. In poorer countries, maybe they're happier than we are because we have too much choice. 
you walk into a department store, there's a hundred different styles of clothing, of shoes, and maybe in a poorer country, they're just happier people because they don't have all this choice. That's what it is. They have less, but they appreciate it so much. And they are, I agree, often happier people as a result of it. Now, I just want to say that we are so grateful and so lucky for all the choices that we are afforded in our life. And we are by no means complaining. Having a lot of choices is very humbling. We know how lucky we are and we're grateful. A friend of mine always has told me, keep it simple. Mm. So maybe if we keep our lives simple and we don't get carried away with all the choices and all the emotional baggage, life is easier. I agree. Sometimes the people who have the least have the the most. Yeah. Yeah. Less is more. So people also go to fortune tellers to help them make choices. And we know an amazing, wonderful, gorgeous fortune teller who we will have as a guest on our podcast. Now, I just want to go back to indecision for a minute. What do you think some of the cons are of indecision? It's a time waster. Being indecisive is a real time waster. Sometimes you should just snap your fingers and say, this this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to (laughs) change. You look very empowered just then. Yes. And sometimes when you're indecisive, you don't get where you want to go. I have you spent, don't do what you want to do. I have spent so long trying to pick the perfect movie for, for my mood that day or that night that it ended up being too late and I couldn't even watch anything. That's, that's a prime example of it. Yeah, that's why you have to break your patterns. Mm. And if you can't find a movie that you like, just think, okay, I'm going to watch this movie it looks all right Mm. I think it's very important to note that it is okay to make the wrong choice every single thing we do in life we can learn from and sometimes they end up being the best stories so many people in life have failed as a result of making the wrong choice but they ended up coming back stronger and better than ever phoenix rising from the ashes as I said before sometimes you have to break your choice patterns do you think there could be any pros to indecision no no I think that we should be doers. Just do it. To play devil's advocate, I actually think sometimes indecision could be valuable. I think it can give you time to assess a situation you might be in. But I think when it lasts too long, then you can miss an opportunity. It's more of a con than it is a pro. It's a time waster Mm. if you can't decide on something. And I used to, I know for me personally, I used to overanalyze things and justify that. The overanalyzing was my justification to delay making a decision, pretty much. Just make the decision, be done with it, and move on. Choices are a way to move forward, most of the time anyway. And you shouldn't be scared of them, because you're taking a step forward, and that's either going to lead you in direction A, B, or C. And if you get lost, you can always find direction D or E. (laughs) Yes! Actually, one of my school teachers once told me, just while we're along the the pavement analogy, he said to me, Jasmine, this is one of many stepping stones, but this is one of many stepping stones on one of many different paths. 
Hence, one door closes, a thousand doors open. Amen. Now, mom, have you made any decisions despite fear? I'm a little bit boring, actually. I play it safe. I don't make rash decisions in my life. I think it through, but I don't procrastinate. I play it safe. Have you always been that way? I think so, yes. Yeah, I, I've always been like that. But you, you were pretty wild. I was a wild child, yes, and I tiptoed through the tulips. Through the tulips with me. So you were a wild child who tiptoed through the tulips. <laughs> what no. a happy medium. <laughs> I always play it safe. If I have a fear of the unknown. Boring. But I'm I'm not kidding. And what about you? Well, I think there's a lot of decisions that I've made despite fear. I think that also has to do with my age. Like I'm in that age bracket right now where I'm very much about risk taking and trying new things and being bold and testing the waters. Like even going on exchange was actually a big thing for me. I did my application because I wanted to keep the door open. Can you tell the listeners what exchange is? Yeah, basically just my university exchange. I went to Canada for six months for two semesters. Oh no, for one semester. And it was the most amazing opportunity. It was the most amazing thing I've ever done. To this day, I'm still reaping the benefits of it. And you made amazing friends. You did amazing things. I made friends who are my best friends to this day that I see every week. Luckily, I made friends who were from Sydney, so I got to kind of take exchange home with me. But I always think to myself, if I hadn't done exchange, I wouldn't have this. My life would look so different two years later. It would look so different. Hence the ripple effect. On that note, because of the ripple effect, it was 11 o'clock at night a million years ago. I was in bed reading a book and my friend rang me and said, come to a party. I said, I've got to be at work at seven o'clock tomorrow morning. So she talked me into going to the party. I didn't put on any makeup. I just went to the party. Actually, I had wet hair because Mm -hmm. I had just had a shower before I went to bed. And I walked into the party I looked around and there was this really hot guy sitting there on the floor with his back against a wall. I dragged my friend into the bathroom and I went, oh my God, who's that guy? He's so hot. It turned out to be Jasmine's father. (laughs) Fast forward a little bit. But there you go. I love that story. And I always think about that story. And I always tell my friends that story. And I saw him and I thought, one night with him will be better than 20 years with some Mr. Okay, okay, we're not going there. (laughs) (laughs) That story speaks perfectly to the ripple effect and about taking chances and choices. And you're here and your sister. Yeah, and you just, you never know what one choice is going to lead to. So you might as well take them all, take all the opportunities and don't be scared. You love that story. I love that story. I guess another thing was going overseas to meet my then, I guess, pen pal, 
who is now my boyfriend, we met in America, in San Francisco before that exchange. And then he went back to England. I went to Australia. We didn't really speak that much. How long did you meet him for? A total of nine hours over a couple days, <laughs> maybe a little bit more. Maybe it was like 12. I don't really remember. But yeah, I met him in San Francisco and then we met again in LA. We were in the same hostel out of total coincidence. And then we ended up speaking again at the end of that year when he wished me happy birthday. Fast forward five months later, I was on a plane with some of my friends who I had roped into it to go and see him, but not just him. We ended up doing a little Euro trip. My friend went and saw one of her one of her exchange flames in France. <laughs> and we ended up booking solo travel together and traveling just the two of us for 12 days. Moral of the story, everyone told us it was a dumb choice and we shouldn't go. And exactly two years later, as we are recording this podcast, we're still looking at photos literally weekly of this trip because it was the best trip of our lives. It's now that part of the show where we get into the questions. So without further ado, let's get into it. Yabba dabba do. Number one, I've gone through uni doing one degree and now I'm in my last semester and don't want to do it anymore. I'm highly considering switching, but I keep thinking what a waste of time that all would have been. Nothing's a waste of time. Any education, the university of life, the school university, nothing's a waste of time. My other daughter has a double uni degree. She started off doing psychology and then she thought, no, I want to do something else. And now she's got a double uni degree. Yeah, I even changed my uni degree three times. There's nothing wrong with making choices and changing. However, I will just say that if you are in your last semester and you don't want to do it anymore, I would hold out and finish it, even if you don't want to, just because you will have it then. You're going to have the piece of paper that says you've accomplished something. And even if you never use it, you've got it under your belt and you can take it with you to any job interview. I know that it must get to the point where you really, you can't even do it for one more week, but just hold out, keep doing it. And I think you'll, you'll be grateful to yourself afterwards. Knowledge is power. Next question. I'm torn whether or not to get a tattoo. It's kind of a permanent choice. I like tattoos, especially tattoos of roses, but Personally, I wouldn't get a tattoo because I'm so fickle. I like the tattoo for a week and then I'll get sick of it. It's like lipstick or clothes. It's like wearing the same article of clothing for a week. So no, I wouldn't get a tattoo. Maybe get a fake tattoo and live with it for a while and see if you like it or not. Yeah. But then again... Then again, one of the biggest loves of my life had a huge tattoo of a Buddha on his back and I really liked it. Tattoos have really just become a mainstream thing now. They are for everyone and accessible to everyone now. If you want to get one, have a think about it, have a really good think about it and then get it if that's what you want. Totally up to you. It it depends on your mindset. I wonder what your parents will think. Are they very pro or very anti? I feel like parents are either on one side of the spectrum or the other. You know what? In the end, it's not up to your parents. It's up to you. 
So I personally wouldn't get a tattoo, but if you want to get a tattoo, you go girl or boy. (laughs) Next one. My school career advisor is amazing, but I feel so stressed when we have meetings. I have no clue what I want to do at uni, let alone for the rest of my life. Help. You know what? I still don't know what I want to do for the rest of my life. Maybe don't think of it as a permanent fixture. Do a lot of things in your life and have different stepping stones. 100%. I was so stressed whenever I had to have career advisor meetings at school. I loved them, but they were so overwhelming, especially because I was in quite a bubble at my school that I loved, but it felt so cozy and so comfortable. And I was just terrified of the idea of going to uni and making a choice and having to stick with that choice. But I've realized now as I've gotten a little bit older and a little bit more mature and a little bit more life experience (laughs) that any choice you make, well, maybe 99% of choices that you make can be reversed. And going to uni is just the first step. So if you don't know what you want to do yet, don't rush into it. Or if you do want to go straight to uni, you can change whatever degree that you decide to do the same way that I did. I started with an international relations and media degree. And then I dropped the international relations and then I swapped the media degree around to a different type of media degree. And I might even go back to study a master's next year. Who knows? Then again, the jobs that people will be doing in the future haven't even been invented yet. It's all about change. It's all about technology. And I started off being a high school teacher. And then I thought, no, I don't want to teach high school kids. And then I did an extra degree in adult education. And I really enjoyed it. Too much emphasis is placed on what we have to do, what we have to do and what is right by all other standards other than our own ones. And there is no standard. It is what you want to do. It is your life. The university of life. We live and learn every day. You don't need to go to a university to get an education. Life punches you in the face sometimes and you get a really good education and you have to learn to roll with the punches exactly and punch back when it's necessary yeah next one i'd love to move countries for a year or two but i'm incredibly family orientated and i feel guilty for leaving them i'm struggling with the side telling me to go and the side telling me to stay I think you should go for a while. And if your parents miss you too much, they have to get their Pfizer injections and jump on a plane and invade (laughs) your space. (laughs) Oh, that is a tough one. It's important to, to go, to travel while you're young. I mean, I don't know, maybe you're old, but who knows? Unfortunately, with mothers and fathers... Children are not yours to keep. You have to let them go sometimes. No matter how much you miss them, you have to let them explore. Even me, I was so nervous to go away on exchange because I was like, oh, I'll miss my family so much. And even on my gap year as well. But all those decisions that I've made have ended up being so much better. And it all goes by so quickly. Like You'll be home before you even know it. That's life. Everything goes so quickly. Nothing's permanent. So I vote you go, provided it's safe and you can with COVID. Yeah, go. Just explore, see what's going on. All right, number five. I really want to go vegetarian, but I also love meat. (laughs) Hmm. I think if you love meat, 
don't go vegetarian. It's all about balance. You don't have to eat meat every night. You can have vegetarian, a little bit of meat, chicken, fish. Maybe ask yourself why you want to go vegetarian. Is it for ethical reasons? Is it for health reasons? Why? And then if you do love meat, is that something you can give up? Or is it maybe just something that you can cut, like cut your consumption a little bit? Maybe you feel sorry for animals. Maybe you watched Cowspiracy. And what's that show you watched about the fish? Seaspiracy. That was the other one. Yeah. And you know what? Watching that was incredible and it really made me think. But am I going to stop eating seafood? No. Call me a hypocrite. But at least now I have an awareness that I didn't realize I didn't have before. Every time I do go to order fish, I think hmm, wait, is is that what I want to be having right now? Or maybe I could cut back a little bit. And it really has helped me think. Like the other day I was, I was going to go get sushi and I thought, no, I'm going to go get some rice paper rolls instead. It's all about choices. But I do highly recommend watching those documentaries, Seaspiracy and Cowspiracy. I always say yes to multiple plans, but then I struggle to pick which one to go to and then I disappoint people. You shouldn't make so many plans. Make one plan at a time. You can't please everyone and you can't please yourself and go for the better option because you're the one that's going to be disappointed. Stick to one plan. Yeah, good to have a backup plan. But if you're making multiple at a time, that's kind of a recipe for disaster. I have a friend who sometimes struggles with saying yes to a lot of plans, knowing full well that that friend can only go to one at a time. I think it's called FOMO, fear of missing out. (laughs) Where'd you learn that? From you. (laughs) So you're scared of missing out. You think that there's always going to be a better option. Just stick to one plan. Number seven. I loved my job when I first started, but now I feel like I've outgrown it and don't really want to be there anymore. I like my team. I like my managers and it's also comfortable, but I'm trying to decide whether it's worth going into the unknown and leaving because what if I get something worse and then I end up hating it? Before you quit your job, go for different jobs, go to different job interviews. And if something better pops up, quit your job and try the new one. You've got nothing to lose. It's always something that's at the back of your mind when I think you're leaving a comfortable scenario. I left my job in January as well and I was the same. I had a really great management team. I really liked the people that I was working with. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, but what if what if something I get next is not as good as this? What if I have mean managers or if I have really bad colleagues? But you kind of realize once you're out of that environment, give it a week that you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. So you just go for it. And the things you want in a job will slowly start to open up as as you become more open to the opportunities around you. You could be pleasantly surprised. So take the gamble. 100%. If you think it's time to move on from your job, then it probably is. Unless you can have a chat with your managers or HR and there's somewhere else in that company that they can move you to. But I think when people start to check out of their jobs mentally, it's a good sign that they have to move on. Follow your gut. Not someone else's gut. (laughs) Next one. I struggle with saving and spending. I know it's a choice, but I love shiny new things. 
I think you shouldn't live above your means. If you can afford something, buy it. If you can't afford something, live without it. Agreed. I know that's a lot easier said than done because people's money habits and their money stories all depend on the way that they grew up and not everyone necessarily has a lot of finance literacy and finance skills. And I'm very lucky that I grew up with a family who really instilled in me how important saving was, but I know that's not the case for everyone. I don't know if you've ever seen, mum, the video of these little kids and they are sitting in a room and someone comes in and it's like an experiment and they say, we're going to put this cookie in front of you. If you don't eat this cookie, when I come back and it's still there, then you're going to get a second cookie. But if when I come back, the cookie's gone or you've eaten it, you're not going to get another one. And you can see as soon as they leave the room, some of them immediately go for the cookie and they just shove the whole thing in their mouths. Others just sit back and they look at the cookie, but they know that they can't eat the cookie because they know that the reward is going to be greater. And then there's others who they look at the cookie, they touch the cookie, they might lick the cookie, but they know not to eat the cookie. I'd be the little kid that would shove the whole cookie in her mouth. Well, I think this is a really good analogy for spending and for savers and spending. You can kind of see that that type of discipline is programmed into us from when we're so little. And I see, I think I would be the one who looks at it and maybe they touch it and they lick it, but they don't end up eating it because they want the second one. And it's the same with instant gratification and delayed satisfaction. It's the same with saving and spending. And maybe these clever little kids would ask their mum or someone to teach them how to make cookies. Yes. And what is it? Uh, Don't give me a spear. Teach me how to fish. Yes. That's another scenario. Learn how to make cookies and you can eat cookies whenever you want. I would highly recommend segmenting your accounts. So having accounts for different purposes. So you have your savings account, you have your bills account, whatever it might be, but then you have your account strictly for splurge spending that is guilt-free and that exists solely for the purpose of you buying new hoops or lipstick or lip gloss or books or whatever it may be. Or getting a tattoo. Yeah, exactly. And that way you have a pot of money that you can dip into when you do want to buy those things if that's something that you value. I think that's very sensible. That's exactly what I do. I've got a splurge account. I've got a savings account. So it works. But a lot of people live above their means. They get into a lot of trouble. And there's afterpay. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about afterpay. Great tool if you're disciplined with money, which I think would be a minority of people dangerous because it is another form of credit that is just masking itself as a lay-by service. And now let's hear from a listener. Hey, happy hotties. I am in desperate need of some Jasmine and Alana career advice. I have been in my current role for a year and a half now and it's just no longer fulfilling me or engaging me. So I recognise that it's time to move on but whenever I try to look for other jobs online nothing else is inspiring me either and I just really feel like I'm stuck in that corporate grind and that cog so much so that part of me is tempted to just pack up, travel Australia for a bit and create a small business because when you do that, you're in charge of yourself and you always love what you do. 
So as you can see, I am in desperate need of some advice of what do you do when you're in a rut and you're not sure what to do with your career and your future? Thanks for the help, guys. Dear listener, first of all, love your voice. Love your voice. Very sexy. Love the sexy in your voice. If you can afford to pack up and travel, it's the best thing you can do. It will clear your head, change your focus and help you recalibrate. And who knows who you might meet in your travels. There could be a job opportunity waiting for you. Take the chance and do it. I reckon do it. I was in the exact same predicament in January and it's scary and it's overwhelming because you're in your comfort zone and it appears that nothing that you're searching for really sparks much inspiration. And as soon as you leave, you have nothing really to lose and everything to gain. And all of a sudden, everything starts looking like an opportunity. It's just taking that first leap. A really useful thing that you can do is think, when I look back on this decision in 10 years time, which choice would I rather have taken? And actually doing it, and I promise you, you will thank yourself later, no doubt. If you wanna travel Australia and you can afford to do it financially, do it. Why not? We as humans make the mistake of thinking that we have more time than we do. And who knows what will be tomorrow. So take the ops while you've got them. If you can do this now and you're young and maybe you don't have anyone dependent on you, why not? This is your time. Do it. And maybe you can even get a job along the way, like mom said. And also, when you quit your job, this big heavy burden will be lifted off your shoulders. You will feel light and happy and free. I remember when I left my job, I went to go return my laptop into the office and it was a beautiful sunny day in January. I was driving across the Harbour Bridge, had my windows down, music was blaring. I looked like such a movie cliche, but it was just the greatest feeling knowing I didn't have to go and do any of those things that didn't bring me joy anymore. And I really want you to experience that too. And if starting a business is something that you're interested in, why not give it a shot? Why not give it a crack? Even starting small, start something of your own. Maybe you can even start a podcast, something that inspires you and that you enjoy doing and inevitably things will follow. But at the end of the day, you're not gonna be staying at this job forever. Whether you leave in three months or if you leave next week, what's the difference? And if you want to start a small business, all you need is your computer. You can think about starting a small business while you're traveling around. Yeah, some computer, some hustle, some persistence. Would love you to keep us updated. Please do. Well, we've come to the end of the episode and officially the end of season one. Oh, I really enjoyed doing it. What a season it has been. I didn't think I'd enjoyed doing it as much as I did. Likewise, it's been an amazing experience, a big learning experience. We are far more advanced 10 episodes later than we were in episode one. And more relaxed doing it. Definitely. Thank you to all you happy hotties out there for your support and your participation over the last 12 weeks. We have loved doing this and getting to know you. Special thank you to Matt Drury for our amazing theme song and to all the listeners who shared their stories and their questions over the last 10 episodes. Thank you guys. So appreciate it. We really hope you've taken something out of the show this season, even if it was just a bit of laughter on your Wednesday commute. Please do subscribe and rate and review and definitely follow us on Instagram because even though we won't have any new episodes in your ears for a while, we'll continue to keep you updated with the latest and greatest and dazzle your eyes. On TikTok. (laughs) Fear not, we will be back for season two, so stay tuned. 
And for the last time, the advice we share here on Happy Hotties is solely for entertainment purposes and is not a substitute for any kind of professional advice. Mom, do you want to say anything? Bye, guys. Disvidanya, sayonara, litra, ort, au revoir. See you in season two. Bye. Bye. Oh, and tell your friends about us. Bye. Bye.